The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this afternoon's presentation, which is entitled, This is My Story and This is My Song. I'm Pam Shaw, and I have the privilege of serving as the chair of ACB's Mental Health and Wellness Committee. Last year, we had a few of our members talk about their experience on their mental health and wellness journey. And it was so popular, people said, could you do that again? It was great to hear stories, individual stories, people telling those stories in their own words. So we have that again. We have three panelists. You'll be meeting them, and they will tell their stories. And then there's a part that says, this is my song. We're not able to broadcast the song, but they will read the lyrics to their song. And I think you will find it exciting. One of our themes in mental health and wellness is removal of stigma. And as one of our members reminded me, part of that has to be people telling their stories in their own words. So once each one of them has told their stories, and we'll have some discussion with them, and I do have some questions, but this group, believe me, can handle it. So let me tell you who they are, and then we'll get started. We have Margie Donovan, Wanda Williford, I hope I got that right, and Kathy. Margie? I am present. Okay, thank you very, very much. Okay, Margie, um, I'm going to ask you if you would go first, please, telling us your story and then telling us your song. And again, thank you, Margie, for the courage to be here this afternoon. Thank you. I am Margie Donovan. I know many, many, many of you. I've been a member of ACB since 1984, I believe it is. Um, I started out as a student in this organization, got scholarships, became at the time the student president and moved on up to guide dog users, et cetera. I am here today to share a part of my personal story and my life experience with you. I grew up moving a lot. I grew up with, an alcohol, with alcoholic parents, alcoholic grandparents, grew up in bars. My grandparents owned bars. They made sure that they served food so that we could be at the bar. Um, and... Um, I grew up mainly in rural areas, and I was discovered at three years of age of having a vision problem, and I had quite a bit of vision in one eye, and um, oh, I should also share that both of my parents uh, were uneducated. They, my mother went through first grade, my stepdad went through kindergarten, and so I grew up in a very interesting family, and um, I often say my blessing was the loss of my sight. And that truly was my blessing because I got away from home. I went to the school for the blind. It was then in Berkeley. I learned that I could be something. I learned a lot of things about blindness and independence. And lo and behold, I went to college, first one in my family, all that good stuff. And while I was independent and while I'm still independent, what I didn't know how to handle with my mental health side of things. Um, it's only been a few years that I realized that my, um, because of a lot of my childhood, I have a lot of bad messages that I tell myself I'm not good enough. Uh, I don't read Braille fast enough. Um, there's a lot of negative talk that goes on in my head. and. Um, at 14, I had my first um, encounter with alcohol, and I got bloody drunk and um, <clears throat> had no idea about alcoholism, that it was a disease, um, had no idea that about depression. 
Um, rarely experienced depression. I've never been a person that had a suicide attempt. Thank you, God, for that. Um, but unfortunately, I um, sort of came to um, alcoholism. And I spent many years drinking. I was a very functional drinker. I drank at night. Um, and anybody that's been around me at convention at night knows that I could be fun. I, I was never a mean drunk. I had a lot of fun, but I sure drank a lot. And then um, back in 2005, I was injured on the job. I had the job of my dream and went to, college, went to grad school to get this job. And um, when I separated from the job with work comp, um, the, the last year of working and fighting severe pain, I began drinking really heavily. I would sit at home at night and I would down bottles of wine. And I would, in the last six months or so, I would literally drink just to pass out. And um, I, at the time, was in seeing a therapist. I was seeing a psychiatrist for my sleep disorders. And I told my therapist I was going to get sober. My therapist said, well, you don't have a problem drinking. I said, well, I think I do. And she asked, how much do I drink? And, of course, I didn't tell her the truth. None of us that are alcoholics tell our um, providers the truth. But I said, at least the bottle a night. And she didn't consider that to be a problem. And the other thing I want to say, because this is really important to me, I've been in therapy on and off all my life. But the last therapist I worked with, she was so focused on my blindness. Well, how do you do this? How do you do that? I said, well, I'm not here to talk about my blindness. I was in there for a very specific situation. And I really liked this therapist, and I was hoping I could win her over and get her help and get her to unfocus on my blindness. That never happened. But I ended my relationship with this therapist when she continued to tell me I didn't have a problem drinking because I knew I had a problem drinking. And then I decided I was going to quit drinking. Now, I've quit smoking. I've quit all kinds of things in my life. So I set a date. That date came. I made it one day. I went to Trader Joe's, I bought a bottle of wine, my drinking started over, and that night I called my partner, uh, his name is RC, and um, I, I, uh, I'm sorry, the next morning, on January 4th, I think January 4th, by the way, because I didn't want to forget my sobriety date, and um, little do, did I know at that time, you never forget your sobriety date, and um he accompanied me to my first three AA meetings, and that was my winning um, solution was AA. Um, I was in a group of people that I share a common disease with, but I now understand is actually a disease. I don't have a choice. If I pick up, I never put down. And I want to tell a little side story here because only we as individuals can decide if we have a drinking problem. It's not a matter of quantity. It's not a matter of frequency. It's how we crave it. Um, a couple of years into my sobriety, I was on a keto diet. I bought some keto ice cream and I ate it. And the first night <clears throat> I said to RC, my tongue feels funny. Next night I ate it and I went into full-fledged alcohol cravings. And I do not live with my partner. We've been together 20 years. We live two blocks apart. And I called him. I said, would you read what's in that ice cream? Third thing on the list was one gram of sugar alcohol. Sugar alcohol is not alcohol. And all I could do that night is pray to God, please take these cravings away. Please put me to sleep. Um, I really did not want to go buy a bottle. One gram. It reacted in my body like alcohol. Um, so I know I'm a real alcoholic, um, and I know I pray to God every day that I never pick up. But during this um, period of time, last year, I switched over to an HMO, and this is part of my story from a PPO, and some of us know it as Kaiser, and it's, it's got its um, pluses and minuses, but I had real serious issues with Kaiser and getting the services I need through mental, through mental health, through psychiatry. It took almost three months to get in. I hit a horrible 
phase in my life that I had never hit before. I hit a deep and dark depression where I, I really understand depression now. And it was because I wasn't on my sleep meds. Kaiser had taken me off of them. I wasn't on my antidepressant. Kaiser had taken me off of that. Um, I had to see a psychiatrist. They couldn't get me in. They couldn't get me in. And one day I was so dark. My life was so dark. All I could think of is I came home. I threw my body across my bed on my back with my arms open wide. And I was screaming, God, take me. God, take me. And I didn't mean suicidal take me. I meant take me into your arms, God. Help me. I can't help myself. I really couldn't help myself. And yes, I'm a little tearful um, because God took me. And God directed me. The next morning, I woke up. I shared this with my sponsor, and she sent me a beautiful song, which I will be sharing with you. And this is a song that any time I get down, we all get down from time to time. Something doesn't go right. Um, I play this song. And it's my song of freedom. It's my song of reassurance. But I want to say a few more things. Mental health is something that most of us deal with. To what extent is what varies? And I had no idea to the extent that I was dealing with mental health. Alcoholism is a mental health disorder. Drug abuse is a mental health disorder. I didn't know that. I did not know that. And um, I joined Al-Anon. Um, about a year and a half ago, and I joined Al-Anon. Al-Anon is a program for friends and family members of people who suffer from the disease of alcoholism uh, because alcoholism impacts the whole family. And I joined Al-Anon after chairing, which is um, facilitating um, my first AA meeting. I was so scared it took me almost four years to do it. And that night, I got incredible compliments on the speaker I brought in. But all I can hear in my mind is how horrible I am. What a bad reader I am. I can't read Braille fast enough. Why did I sign up to do this for six months? And that I woke up at 3 a.m. crying because those are the messages I grew up with. Those aren't the messages I want to live my life with. So I joined Al-Anon to heal those childhood wounds, and I'm still in the process of healing them. Being an alcoholic and being in Al-Anon is a lifetime venture for me. I'm never healed. I'm always in the process. At this point, I would like to read you the words to my song, and I won't commit to not crying, but give me a second. Let me see if I'm there. Oh, let me get over Okay. It's called Belovedness. It's by Sarah Croger, C-R-O-G-E-R, I believe it is. You've owned your fear and all your self-loathing. You've owned the voices inside your head. You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. You've owned your past and how it's defined you. You've owned everything everybody else says. It's time to own, I'm sorry, it's time to hear what your father has spoken. It's time to own your belovedness. He says, quote, You're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is, is fierce and unending. I will come to find you 
whatever it takes. Oh, I'll come to find you whatever it takes, my beloved, close quote. You've owned the mess you see in the mirror. You've owned the lies that you're just not enough. You've been so blinded by all your comparing. It's time to own your belovedness. He says, quote, you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you whatever it takes, my belovedness. You are completely loved and fully known, beloved. Believe he died to make your heart his home. And he says, quote, your mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful every way. My love for you is fierce and, excuse me, my fear, my love for you is fierce and an ending. I'll come to find you whatever it takes. He says, quote, you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way, my love. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you whatever it takes, my beloved. It's time to own your belovedness. The end. Those words open my heart, open my mind to loving myself, to loving others, to forgiving myself, and to continue forging ahead in bettering my life mentally and physically. Thank you. Thank you, Margie. I got so caught up. I forgot to unmute. Wow. Thank you for your sharing. Thank you for being open and transparent. And we're going to be hearing from you a little bit more before we close this afternoon. Well, this next young lady, I only met her. It hasn't been that long. And when I met her, I was just so impressed by her. And um, she'll tell you a little bit more about who she is and how she serves in ACB, but more to the point, her story and her song. Hi, Wanda. Hi, can you hear me? Absolutely. Go ahead, please. Okay. So it is nice to be here. I was so honored when Pam asked me to participate in today's event. Um, it's just It just speaks to how ACB allows people to share their voice and share their story, and I'm very happy to do so. So my name is Wanda Wooliford. I am currently president of the New Jersey Council of the Blind and also president of my local chapter, which is the Mercer County Association of the Blind. And I will say that um, the organization helped me to find my voice and move forward in life. And let me tell you how. So... Um, I lost my vision or started losing my vision back in 1992. I was working um, at an insurance company and I had only been there for about a year. And I had a very sudden odd illness. It's called pseudotumor cerebri, which I had never known anything about, hadn't heard anything about. But as a result, I spent a month in the hospital and, um, had three surgeries. And when I was released, unfortunately, I had no vision in my right eye and a very small peephole of vision in my left eye. However, that left eye was very clear and I was able to move about without a cane and able to do my job without any um, accommodations. So let's move forward to 
2016, well, 2015, excuse me. And I had started to have some uh, vision issues. I go see my doctor and they tell me I have a recurrence. And what I see is happening is I'm having this rapid deterioration. So I had another surgery, which unfortunately did not do much. And I ended up losing my job of 25 years. And hence, to me, I had lost my identity. And it's, it took me to a place that I didn't know existed because my childhood, my adolescence, my early adulthood, relatively good. You know, I mean, we all go through things, of course. However, I had never experienced anything like this because although I was a low vision person, guys, I hid it. I hid it at work and I white knuckled my way through everything. And so, which meant that I would work really, really hard to put out a product that um, my colleagues, you know, did the same, but, you know, I would make sure that I dotted every I and crossed every T. So losing my job to me felt like losing my identity. And the kicker for for me was that my employer would not allow the blind services here in New Jersey to come in and do an assessment and kind of, you know, expose them to the technology that would help me to do, to do my job. So therefore, so now I'm home. Um, I have no idea what to do with my life. And at some point I'm in bed for two or three days at a time. Yeah. I'd get up, I'd shower, I would do those things, but I had no idea what to do with my life. So fast forward I was very fortunate that um, a friend of mine said to me, you should seek out a support group. I did. I go online and I, I, I find a group and I go to my local chapters meeting. And honestly, I, at that point, I had signed up with the commission and I was, you know, you know, learning O&M and doing those things and trying to, you know, get my life back, those kinds of things. But I go to this meeting thinking, oh, I'm going to sit in the back of the room and I'm going to sip my coffee and I'm going to learn how to be a blind person because I'm so new at this. Even though I had vision loss for many, many years, I honestly didn't identify as blind until I lost so much with that last recurrence. So with that being said, I sat in the back of the room, sipped my coffee, and thankfully, the people in that organization embraced me. They in, they encouraged me to learn as much as I could. I became vice president of the local chapter and was on the executive board for New Jersey Council. Then the opportunity came and I was able to become uh, president, which to my surprise, let me tell you something. My, at my work, I was an insurance underwriter. And although I had a lot of contact with a lot of people, did a lot of different kinds of things, you know, it really wasn't a job where I was out in the forefront. I did a lot of work behind the scenes. So what ACB gave to me was a voice that I didn't know I had. And in honesty, Honestly, excuse me, I should have been in therapy. I really, really needed it. And, you know, to this day, I still think I should be seeking that. But what ACB was able to do for me was to help me realize that my job wasn't my identity and my job wasn't my purpose. I am enough as I am. And I love the fact that ACB accepted me as I was. Excuse me, I get emotional thinking about this. ACB accepted me as I was, and they encouraged me to find my voice and to look for those things that gave me joy in life. And I'm so fortunate to be able to um, participate in the ACB community events. And I am currently trying to learn Braille because I honestly use my screen, screen reader for everything. And I am a technology obsessed person. So every piece of gadget that's out there, I try and learn and I purchase what I can afford and all of those things. But getting back to the true essence of this, um, the thing that has 
saved me is being a part of ACB and ACB allowing me to be myself. I didn't have to come to this organization, you know, with some special skills and, you know, I had to, you know, have the best cane skills and, you know, be proficient at Braille. They accepted me for who I was. And that has meant a lot to me. So with that being said, my vision journey is ongoing. I am currently still losing more vision. I consider myself very, very low vision at this point. And however, every single week, day, I have to say, I, um, I have to readjust. And I have to know that, and, and, and I encourage the members in, in my organization as well, because I get these questions all the time. You know, what do you do when this happens? Or what do you do when that happens? And I say to them all, you have to constantly be flexible and readjust and be okay with not being okay. You really have to learn that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to grieve and mourn the loss of things that you had before, but know that your best days are ahead. And I truly believe that for myself. And I encourage that with um, all the members that I come in contact with. So if it's okay, PM, um, now, can I share my song? Absolutely. Go ahead, please. Okay. Okay. All right. So one of the songs that was on the radio at the time um, when I joined um, ACB back in 2018, which makes me a newbie and I, I get that, um, is um, I Rise by Andre Day. And this song has stuck with me. It's kind of become my mantra. And um, I think about it all the time when I'm faced with challenges. So what I'll do is I will try and read to you guys. I think I'm going to read the very first verse and just the chorus. I, I won't read the entire song, but um, here we go. So it's I Rise by um, Andra Day. It says, um, you're broken down and tired of living life on uh, a merry-go-round. And you can't find the fighter, but I see, I see it in you. So we're going to work it out. We are going to move mountains. And then the chorus goes, and I'll do this. This is in the chorus goes, and I'll rise up. I'll rise like the day. I'll rise up. I'll rise unafraid, I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again. And that's all I'll share. Um, but I think about all that all the time because each and every day I am faced with new challenges, I recognize it, and I try to understand that everything in the world that is happening to me is for me, and, you know, that I will prevail. And I, again, I thank ACB for helping me to um, find my voice. I really have been able to do that, find voice and purpose and friends. So thank you, Pam. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That was wonderful and inspiring and interesting and different. One of the things we wanted to do is bring people together. And I think you can tell already their stories are different but they have some things in common. And if we have time, we'll be talking about that. Now, is Kathy here? Yes, I Kathy, am, go ahead. finally. You have Yay. to love technology. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Hello. I am good now that I can unmute. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> some of us are still learning. Kathy, would you go ahead with your presentation and then end with the words to whatever song you've chosen? And, and again, welcome and just thank you for being courageous enough to um, tell us your story. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Pam, and hello, everyone. Um, so um, I'm going to try to be brief. I don't want to tell my whole story because I feel like we could we could be here for a while, and I only have a little bit. So um, 
kind of touching on a little bit of my past past. So um, I was born with um, a melanoma on my cheek um, as a child, which is a very rare rare thing. So I was um, fighting it from the beginning. Um, so I went through seven surgeries from the time I was born until I was seven, um, one a year. I'm basically just healing up from one um, and going into another. Um, and then um, I was in a single mom household. Um, I didn't know who my dad was, um, but my mom was awesome. Um, and about the time I was five, my mom married. Um, and from there, um, the abuse that I saw in my childhood um, began. Um, so my mom was in an abusive relationship, an alcoholic relationship, you know, and it was one of those. Um, I had started going to church as a child. Um, I would get myself up on Sundays as a five and six year old child, um, get myself dressed. My mom would usually leave cereal and a few coins for offering. Um, and I would wait on the church bus. Um, and about when I was nine, um, my mom actually passed away because of the abuse and the alcoholism in the relationship. Um, and then I went and lived with my grandmother, um, who is just uh, my favorite person in the world. She's my best friend. Um, and luckily, I still have her. And if God willing, I'm going to have her for much, much longer. Um, so she's a very Christian lady, went to church. She kept me in church, kept me grounded, um, worked two and three jobs just to make sure I had what I needed. Um and then as I got a little older, you know, we all hit our rebellious stages. Um, I met a guy um, and thought it was the best thing in the world. Um, and I always swore growing up, I wouldn't drink, I wouldn't smoke. Um, I'm going to have a great life. I'm going to have a great person in my life. We're going to have a great family. Um, and that all went sideways, kind of. Um, he and I married when I was just a, about a month out of high school. Um, I found out I was pregnant. Um, so I had my first kiddo um, before I could drink, basically. Um, <clears throat> and then um, right after, a little bit before that is when September 11th happened. And I had always, after that, wanted to join the military. He was very against it, um, just for his own selfish reasons. Um, and then, of course, between the, the emotional and mental abuse of that relationship, um, I felt like I couldn't. I felt like the smallest person in the world. Um and that I, I had no control over my own life. Um, so we divorced, and a few months after we, we divorced, I joined the military um, in the Army, um, and I was still sighted. Um, so I, I have lived most of my life sighted. Um, so I was in the Army for about two years before I decided um, that I was going to have an eye surgery because from childhood I had had strabismus, which caused one of my eyes to actually turn out. Um, so they were like, we can do the surgery for you. Well, during the surgery, um, they noticed some pigments in the back of my eye. Um, and they were like, we want to see what this is. So they decided um, to run some tests. And I did a bunch of different testings and stuff. And any of us that have been through lots of rigorous eye testing, it's not fun. Um, but they came back and said that I had retinitis pigmentosa. Mind you, I'm in the Army as a truck driver. And they're telling me I have this eye condition that I'm going to progressively lose my vision. So I shrugged it off, but they decided that they were going to med board me. It was a medical discharge under honorable circumstances. I absolutely loved being in the Army. Um, so I worked through the med board, got out, um, still fully sighted, still driving, still living my life. Um, by that time, I had two kiddos, two boys um, who are now 20 and almost 15. Um and then we had remarried. My ex-husband and I had remarried through this time as well, as if I didn't have enough um, in the first marriage. Um, the second marriage turned more abusive. Um, by this time, I had gotten into drinking, um, which had taken tolls at times. Um, but it was one of those things that I could make the pain go away with drinking. Um, and I hid it a little bit. Um, but as we moved back to Washington State, um, we ended up separating again because it just wasn't working. Um, I moved out, um, and I finally decided that I was going to try to take some of my life back. And I enrolled in one of the technical colleges in Washington state to get my certification in medical assisting. So I did this and graduated from medical assisting school with my certificate. And at that point I had a friend who was going to Oregon and I was like, well, that would be fun. I've never been to Oregon. 
Um, needless to say, I'm still here. <laughs> and I met my late husband in 2012. Um, we married in 2014. And that's the same year I had my daughter, Abby, which most of you, if you guys hear me on and off of Zoom, you guys hear her. Um, and she is now eight. She'll be nine in August. Um, so we married in 2014, and he ended up passing away in April of 2015, a couple of months before our one-year wedding anniversary. Um, and he actually passed away from an undiagnosed medical condition called, called vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which soon after his passing, we found out my daughter has. So she has this rare, untreatable medical condition on top of um, a few months after he passed, I had my first progressive vision loss. Um, so I had still been driving. I had given up my license just because of my depth perception had gone away, but was still able to catch a bus, walk to where I wanted, get us where we needed to do, get her to her appointments. Um, but that morning I woke up and everything was fuzzy. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just blink. Let me get some coffee. It'll go away. And never did. Um and then I decided, okay, well, time to go back to school. I had been to school a little bit before that, um, but I had to withdraw because of his passing, and I had an eight-month-old at the time. Um, so went back to school, got really involved with the veterans um, program at the college I was at. Um, my original plan was to go to nursing school. Um, that wasn't happening. Nobody was a visually impaired nurse, even though I know there's people out there that, that have done it through vision loss, but learning to be a nurse with vision loss wasn't, wasn't happening. Um, so I finished my medical assisting associate's degree, um, and then wanted to go into some psychology. Um, but at that time, my daughter had started having some, some medical stuff that needed my attention more. Um, so I got really involved with ACB, which is where I am now. Um, I'm very happy, um, that I got involved with ACB thanks to, um, my Oregon Commission for the Blind, um, people, and then also Carrie Muse, who is my president of ACBO and my recently past president of my Southwestern chapter in Oregon. Um, she's been a big, big part of my life in getting involved with ACB. Um, and I basically jumped head, head over heels into it. I'm very involved with a couple of different affiliates um, and just very, very excited um, to be a part of this organization. I'm getting to know Pam and Wanda and Margie. Um, and then yesterday, um, I get my biggest role in ACB yet of being nominated president of the Visually Impaired Veterans of America um, for ACB. Um, so that is where I'm at. Um, a lot of stuff I left out, but a lot of stuff I don't think I'm going to make it through um, just because of life is life. Um, I feel like I have a lot in common with Wanda and Marcy, Marcy um, as our stories grow. Um where I'm at now is I am legally blind. Um, I don't drive. Um, I can sometimes see my hand in front of my face, depending on my RP and the lighting in my house. Um, so with that, um, I had a song in mind, and then my wonderful boyfriend um, was like, you may think of this song, um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and by the way, now the relationship has happened. Um, I am in a, a very amazing relationship. He's awesome. He's wonderful to my daughter. Um, and I am just very thankful that God put him in my life in crazy ways, but he is here and he deals with me on a daily basis. So I thank him for that. So my song is going to be Fight Song by Rachel Platten. I hope I said her last name right. I never do. Um, so I'm going to say the first verse and the chorus, um, because that kind of sums me up, um, because I was always told, um, that I would never amount to anything. I would never make it. Um, I would just be another another person in the world um, that I would never make my impact. Um, so here we go. So it's like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion, like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. And all those things I didn't say Breaking balls inside my brain. I will scream them loud tonight. Can you hear my voice this time? This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm all right song. My power is turned on. Starting right now, I'll be strong. 
I'll play my fight song. And I don't really care if nobody else believes. Because I've still got a lot of fight left in me. And to this point in my life, I do not drink. It doesn't have to be a consistent in my life. I'm I'm able to sit and have a, a social beverage with friends if need be. But it's not one of those that I have to have all the time to, to almost center my day. Um, thankfully, I have people in my life that... Um, have have been a very big part. Melanie Sanoe, my co-chair for convention and what I consider a best friend. Um, I talk to her on a daily basis just about. She keeps me grounded. Um, we can kind of bounce ideas off of each other. Like I said, my boyfriend, Aaron. Um, Pam's there. I love Pam. Um, and all of my other ACB colleagues um, that, that kind of keep us going, um, being there for each other when we need it, and um, rising each other up um, to be better than what we were the previous day. Um, so I think with that, I am, that is my story and my song. (laughs) (laughs) My, 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 (laughs) oh my goodness. You three ladies, you are just amazing. You're so transparent and, and even the way you share your, your story, um, I could tell the tears, okay? And I just want to say publicly that um, all of these ladies are members of our Mental Health and Wellness Committee. And do they uphold me? Because I've had to have those stories with them. And what I've always found is um, listening ears. Um, They were not judgmental. Where I needed to be straightened out and corrected, they did it. And I know that no matter what the hour these are some folks I can call on. So thank you very, very much. Um, what we're going to do right now, ladies, is have a bit of a discussion. And what I'd like to do, uh, I took some questions from some of the ones we get when we do various things through ACB and some of the ones that we sort of never seem to really, really get to. But we're going to see how this goes. So one of the questions that we get a lot um, from these calls is, what does an average day look like for you? Okay. <laughs> and any one of you can answer that. Oh, this is Margie. Um, if I may, Pam, I'd just like to make a comment. In hearing these ladies' stories and my own story, you know, we represent the membership. We Absolutely. represent our membership. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come oh, okay. back to that. Okay, I'm jumping okay, ahead. Okay, <laughs> a day in okay. life in Margie's life. Well, right now it looks very crazy because I have my son here who's a Marine. Yay, hurrah. And I have my <laughs> six and nine-year-old granddaughter. So every day looks very different and is very exhausting. So I'm not going to tell you these days. My <laughs> typical day looks like I wake up at between 6 and 6.30. I let my body do its thing. And I spend a couple of hours with Margie which I've never done in my life before. And I do my readings and um, all my spiritual practices to keep me on um, the path of sobriety and taking good care of myself. And then I often I will go to the gym. I am back into weightlifting recently and take care of my physical self. So first is my spiritual mental well-being. Mm. Second is my physical. Uh, and then um, depends from there uh, that by that mm. time, it's usually, you know, noontime, one o'clock. I, I get two massages a week to deal with my chronic pain and not be on opiates. And I do two adjustments. I do acupuncture. So any number of things. Um, And then I come home and I start my evening and my evening is 99% of the time. It's an AA meeting. It's an Al-Anon meeting. It's an ACB community meeting. But for sure, four nights a week is another meeting for me to take care of myself. And that is, that's my average day. And, you know, it's so gratifying. And people thought when I left the VA They were worried about me because I'm super high energy and what would I do? And I have found more than enough. Thank you, God. I know that's right. You know, sometimes that retirement thing or whatever you call it, however you get there, there are days you wonder, how did you ever work? You you know, Mm -hmm. with all of that, but you still get it done. You still get it done. Thank you. Hi, Wanda, want to take a crack at that question? What does a day look like for you? Oh my God, Margie! I need some of your. I need half your energy. <laughs> <laughs> but I will share. I will share. So, being president of two organizations 
and you know keeps me really really busy so the average day for me is i'm up at five um there's a show that i like to watch in the morning so i watch that show religiously that's mm-hmm. kind of like my me time then um i'll be honest uh my goal is to get to six days a week on my stationary bike but that doesn't always happen so i like to get on the stationary bike for about 15 minutes uh, i'm trying to work my way up into you know uh, an hour where I used to be, but you know, you know, small bites. So I, I take care of exercise. I do that for 15 minutes and then I'm a huge sports fan. So I actually turn on the radio, listen, listen to, I catch up with my favorite uh, um, local sports uh, talk here um, in this area. And I listen to them and they crack me up. They feel like they're the brothers that, you know, like they're in my house all the time. It's hysterical. So I do that. I take a shower and then I'm on to my emails. I try not to pick up the phone and work on my emails until after I've had my breakfast, had my shower, you know, you know, did all that. So then I work on my emails, things that are like urgent. I, I get away from them and then I try to, because this has been a problem for me, and Pam and I were talking about this, and then I try to eat something healthy. I have to tell you guys, I have a tendency to want to, you know, just grab things. So I will meal prep on um, Mondays and Fridays and make sure that I have things in the fridge that are healthy that I can grab. Um, I am currently, like I said, I'm trying to learn braille so i work on my i'll go back to the computer work on my braille with the um with the hadley um website i do that um then a lot of the time i am in the afternoons i have a lot of calls so there's always committee calls for um both my local chapter and you know acb and new jersey council so most evenings i would say four or five out of seven evenings i'm on phone calls um from at least from about five in the afternoon till nine at night so there are some days however though and you know pam has taught me this sundays i've decided are for me so i don't do (laughs) any work for anybody except me on sundays so, you know, it's interesting because the person that I'm dating, um, he will say to me, oh, because uh, I'm so busy with um, ACB all the time. He'll say to me, oh, can we do, he'll say to me, can we do this or can we do that? And I know you have something to do. And I say, no, if, 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 no, I said, it's, it's a Sunday. I told you. And I make time for him, too. It's important that um, I, I strike a balance. So I want to mm-hmm. say, Pam, yes, I'm very, very busy but I have decided at this time in my life that I need to strike a balance and ACB is important and I love what I do, but it's not the entirety of my life. And ACB is not my identity either. So there's lots of things. I do crafts. Um, I'm big into my garden and my tomatoes and all those different things. But on the average day, I will say half of it's ACB and the rest of it's for myself. So there it is. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Okay, Madam Cassie. (laughs) (laughs) You have caught me at some of my craziness at my days. Um, I know. I'm laughing. (laughs) Sam will call me. She's like, you sound out of breath. Oh, I'm making my child bed. Or (laughs) so I don't. I don't think I, on an on an average day for me, um, I don't think one day is just like the other. Um, the one mm-hmm. consistent in my life is depending on whether it's school school time or summertime. I wake up, I have coffee. Um, that that that's it. <laughs> and then you know, uh, like like Wanda said, um, I'm a really big sports fan. Right now, it's baseball season. Go Braves! Um, and uh, <laughs> you, I know Pam, you live in Philadelphia, <laughs> but um. But I love my sport. You know, fall is college football. Um, I, mean, I like my NFL, but you know, it, it, it can it can be there or not. But um, you know, I do some stuff with Abby if it's summer. We're doing her summer reading stuff right now. Mm. Um, I just bought a house last October, so I'm excited doing little things around the house to do upgrades and remodels. Um, you know, and then and like most of of these other ladies in the evenings, I usually have something ACB. Um, whether it's a board meeting or it's uh, just a call that I want to participate in. Um, 
You know, so ACBs is, and right now it's convention season. Um, so I'm co-chair of, of a, the Next Generation Convention Committee with Mel. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on the CCLVI Convention Committee, and I'm also on my state convention committee, but we don't do anything for national. So right now is convention season. So um, You forgot to mention so one. Scary. You forgot to mention one. Oh, mental health and wellness. I'm, I'm the convention person for mental health and wellness. So convention is my life, basically. So yeah, so so my days can vary, um, just kind of depending depending on the day and depending on um, on what we kind of have going on. So it's summer now, so more relaxing than not after July seventh. So okay, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you know, all of you have sort of alluded to something either directly or indirectly, and I just want to ask you if we can take a deeper dive into that, and that is um, support systems. You know, I've noticed without exception that you talked about it in different ways, whether that was a person or participating in an organization. So, Margie, you know, what's your, your support system? What does it kind of look like? Really glad you asked that question. Um, so the obvious is my friends and buddies and AA and Al-Anon. And then, of course, my partner, um, RC. Um, last night I was venting to him. And sometimes, I don't care how perfect we are, we still get to vent. Um And I am still under the care of a psychiatrist um, for my sleep disorders. Uh Um, And, um, but I would have to say the main thing, like the main person that is my support person is my sponsor. She's my sponsor for Al-Anon and for Uh AA. And I have been, she sends me a daily reading and I have been journaling with her every day what's going on. Because one of the things that's really hard for me is balancing my care when my granddaughters and my son are here, because I only get to see them a few times a year. And I have found myself just hitting bottom every night. And so I'm so grateful that this call is happening. I told them all this morning, I said, I have two hours. I have a group I host, a support group I host. And so part of it is just taking time to do things like this and stepping back and knowing that I don't have to be the perfect grandma every moment of every day. And um, even though I know I am, but it looks differently sometimes. So really, I've, I've been going to bed early knowing that I need that extra rest. And I and right now, these this this two and a half weeks that my family's here, um, I'm really journaling and, and staying in touch with my sponsor, which is not a normal daily thing for me to do. And it's mm-hmm. been really helpful. Thank you. Wow. Wow. How about you, Wanda? Support so I'm very Yeah, I do. I'm so fortunate. Um, my two besties, the three of us are a, a trio. And one of them lives in, I live in New Jersey. One of them lives in Florida. The other one lives here, thankfully, locally. And um, they have been my friends through thick and thin, I will say. And so I thought possibly, because this happened with now what I call fringe friends. Um, I lost some friends when I, you know, when I had that recurrence of my vision loss and, you know, lost a lot of my independence in a sense. Um, but the two of them have really been there for me and also um, family members and big, huge support for me are my ACB friends. I have a couple people that, you know, how they say you don't really make friends after 30. I, I keep reading this everywhere. But, you know, <laughs> once you're 30, you, you don't really make friends. You just kind of know people. Well, I know that is not that, that's not mm. the case. I have met I am well past 30. And I have friends that I've met through ACB and other organizations um, that I'm a part of now that I consider family at this point. And if it weren't Mm. for them, I know that there are weeks that I couldn't get through. Because here's the thing. My sighted friends and family, they mean the best. They support me in every way. You know, I do some wacky Mm -hmm. things and they're like, okay, we're going to do this and I'm good with you. However... My, you know, my friends in ACB, they walked in my shoes. So when I call them crying because, Mm. you know, this or that happened, they listen, Mm -hmm. they understand. And I know 
that they've walked in their shoes and they get what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lucky to have a huge support system. So yeah, I'm fortunate. That's Thanks, Pam. Thank you, of course. And Cassie, I know some of yours, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, you know, my mamma, that's what I call her, my grandma. I'm from Mississippi, so, you know, we have these different words that people use. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's been there through thick and thin, you know, from birth until now. Um, and like I said, I don't know. She's the first one I call usually every day. Um, I talk to her on a daily basis. Um Sometimes we don't catch up on Sundays just because we're both going to church at different times. But, um, you know, I have her. Um, and then, of course, like I mentioned, my boyfriend, he's been there about three and a half years, um, you know, through all of the ACB stuff. And there's good days and there's bad days. But he's mm-hmm. he's been a really big support. Um, even my kiddo. She she keeps me on track. She's she's like a little boss sometimes. But, um, you know, and then I have my eight. <laughs> I have my ACB support. You know, there's so many people that I've met that, you know, have become like close friends. And, um, you know, there are people that I know I can go to if I have questions, like now taking on a new role. Um, I have so many different presidential influences with ACB that I can ask questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I, I want to make sure that I help help Viva thrive and grow and be the best we can be. And, um you know, I think that's that's my biggest support is just surrounding myself with strong, positive individuals. Oh, I like that. That is very, very interesting. It's Pam, um, it's Margie. I want to circle back and acknowledge a friend that I've okay. known for many, many years okay. who often I will pick up the phone and call, and that is Miss mm-hmm. Pam herself. Thank you for being oh, here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, it's kind of interesting because um, I ha- I had to step back in order to care for my mom as she was going through um, Alzheimer's. And, and it was kind of funny that I knew I was coming back. I, I knew, but I just had to get some things done. And then when that was over, having been a caregiver for that long, I had to take care of myself. There were some things that I needed to straighten out and it took the help of a therapist. But what was funny was when I came back, we were shocked, some of us, how long we knew each other. Over 20 years, close to 30 years, we knew each other. And so it was like, we just picked up where we left off. But I am very fortunate to serve. So I, this is going to be um, the last question, but I wanted to just ask each of you if you have some advice to give to people. You know, we're not saying uh, that we're judging anybody, but I have found down through the years those words of wisdom are some of the things that's carried me. And then, Margie, we were going to circle back to you, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, why don't we start with Wanda. Wanda, what, what advice would you give someone relative to caring for their own mental health and well-being? I would give them the advice that I am constantly getting from others. Give yourself grace. And don't, seriously, it, it, it is the best advice that I've received over the last five or six years. And I heard Margie and Cassie both say that they had experiences with people telling them, oh, you won't be this, or you're not this, or you're not enough, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And I think, in addition to people saying that to us, we do that to ourselves. And I find myself you know, still to this day, beating up on myself sometimes with my, with my mental talk, you know, my self-talk. And I Mm -hmm. thought, and you know, and you hear people say this, sometimes if you talk to your best friend or to a friend, the way you talk to yourself, you'd have no friends. So I have learned, it's just so true. I have learned to give myself grace. I say to other people, you know, give other people grace. You never know what someone's going through because, you know, the immediate reaction is, oh, my God, what is wrong with that person? And sometimes it's not what's wrong with them. It's what happened to them. What happened to you to cause you to behave and to react that way? So I say to people, whenever you can, give someone grace and especially mm. especially yourself give yourself grace mm. that's my advice thank you for that that's going to go in the books <laughs> okay <laughs> cassie how about you what kind of advice would you give someone relative to you know their own mental health and wellness and well-being um well i i love that wanda the grace i didn't think about it that way um i was going to say you know have patience um 
you know, mm. we all have our quirks. We all have our moments. Um, we're all going to have those breakdowns, those outbursts. Um, and then also, you know, we're all here for a reason. Um, you know, and we, mm. we don't really know what that reason is. But, you know, people are put in your life, um, you know, for, for different, you know, seasons. Mm. You know, so you may know somebody and then you lose touch and then they, they circle back around. Um, making sure that you're taking time for yourself. Um, I know sometimes with, um, you know, now with convention season, we're go, go, go. And all of a sudden you sat, sit mm. down and go, I have not drank anything. I haven't had anything to eat, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's in person or virtual. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really bad about sitting in front of my computer and going, man, I want to gnaw my arm off. I'm hungry, you know. <laughs> so, so making sure that you're taking time for yourself, whether that's mm. a five-minute, go sit on the deck or go outside, listen to nature, listen to the birds, feel the wind, feel the sun. Living in Oregon, we feel the sun when we can because most likely we're not going to have it a lot. Um, you know, so just making sure you've got to take care of yourself first. And then just be patient because, you know, I know we want things to happen when we want them to happen. They don't always happen the way we want them to, but they will happen. And they'll happen when they're supposed to happen. And if they don't happen, then maybe that wasn't the right the right thing. So, you know, like Wanda said, have grace and then have patience and make sure you're taking care of yourself, number one. Because mm-hmm. like on the plane, you have to put your own oxygen mask on before mm-hmm. you can tell people. So, so, yeah, I think that's that's my advice. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Margie, would you go ahead with some advice? And then also don't yeah. forget that you wanted to share something else. Thanks. Um, I, I like I like the theme that we're on because that's exactly where I would go is self-care, self-care, self-care. Um, it, we, we've got to keep ourselves healthy. And it's really easy in certain environments, and I I will elect to use ACB, to just run ourselves ragged, get so involved, and don't forget to take care of ourselves spiritually, physically, emotionally. And when we have that balance, we can help and give of ourselves, but we must take Mm -hmm. care of ourselves. I, too, will not do anything on Sundays. That's my one day for me, for my guide dog, for my partner, for whatever we want to do as a family. And I think finding times that you designate to take care of yourself, whether it's daily, whether it's weekly, is is really. And if you are a if you are a believer, um, put God right in the center of all of it, because when God's in the center of all of it, nothing is going to go wrong. Things may not turn out the way we think they are, but we have to be flexible and go with the flow. Thank you for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Did that cover the other matter you wanted to bring up? I don't remember what the other matter was. I, well, I was commenting on, on something and you said we'd get back to that. And that what, what I was, if, is that what you're speaking of? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, well, what I found interesting, first of all, ladies, thank you. I feel like I'm so much closer to you. I've learned so much about both of you today. And I find it interesting because I think we are the macrocosm of the microcosm of ACB. What I heard is sight loss. I heard depression, addiction. I heard um, dysfunctional relationships, heartbreak. And I really, we are an ACB is the microcosm of the macrocosm of the universe, you know. Mm-hmm. So we come in all sizes, shape, all sizes, shapes, and colors, with um, different challenges, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And I'm really glad that we did this program because I hope that our wonderful members and our family of ACB will will see that, you know, you're not. You're not different because you're facing mental health challenges. You're really not. Or if you're facing challenges around substances, you're not different. We all have our own journeys. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, The reason I wanted you to do that, I sort of knew where you were going because I wanted to end that way. Um, First of all, I would like to honor our um, host, Okay. Andrew, you still there? I am. I am here. Okay. Thank you, Miss Pam. I just wanted to 
honor you for the service that you gave this afternoon, for making us feel comfortable knowing that we were in a place where we could share. Um, I messed it up when I wrote it down in Braille. Our streamer, okay, who worked Chanel hard for Allen. us. Chanel Allen. Allen. <laughs> I won't forget it now, but who you know, just just came and again stepped up and helped us to do what we needed to do. And also, I want to especially honor um, each of the ladies. Margie, all I can say is you never grow old, okay? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you've always been that way and willing to share and help out others no matter what it was. Um, you know, Cassie, when I first started calling Cassie on the phone, she sounded like a little girl. And I kept saying, can I speak to your mommy, please? <laughs> and only to discover it was her. But she is just an energizer type person. And Wanda, Wanda, we, we didn't even know how much we had in common until we mm -hmm. just started talking one day. And I made a joke to Wanda. I said, sometimes when I'm sitting outside, people ask me what I'm doing. And I said, you know what I tell them? I said, because I'm African-American, I tell them I'm out here working on my tan. And she said, you're African-American, me too. So, you, know, you cannot go by a voice. And I'm willing to say that. Second, we want, and third, and finally, we want to honor each one of you who came, who here. There's so many other places you could have gone. And thank you for being here. Our plan has to do with working real hard to make sure we reduce and actually remove the stigma in American Council of the Blind, like it is in so many places. So that's why we did this. We're going to do more like this, and we've got some big plans coming up. So thank you for support. Call anytime with, um, you know, if you have a suggestion or an idea, talk to us. We're going to create opportunities for you to do that. So I think the best I can do this afternoon is just tell each of you that, um, oh, <laughs> I love you, and I don't care how you act. There's nothing you can do about it. I love you. So take care and thank you for being with us. Uh, we'll talk to you real soon.